Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Um, Hey everybody, Austin here for another episode of the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast. Um, So in this podcast, we've got a a uh, guest of ours that's been on a couple of them before, Mike Michalczyk. How's it going, Mike? Awesome. Mike um, plays a unique role in the Ministry of Worship Catalyst. He's the our tech slash media director for the for the whole ministry, really. And we get to do some really awesome things together. In fact, right now we're recording this from Glorieta, New Mexico, a campground that's uh, where we're <clears throat> going to be helping produce a camp uh, this summer. Yes, a live in person youth camp where we'll train a bunch of worship leader uh, students and high school students. And uh, we'll also get a chance to help tell the story and help support the pastor and worship leader with a lot of creative, as well as all the technology to support it and stuff like that. And I know nothing about technology and stuff, but Mike is a guru. So uh, he, he, he makes all this stuff possible, but we wanted to really talk about this idea of streaming uh, church services and, This may be a tired conversation for you, but let me tell you why I think it's important. You know, we talk to churches all the time, almost every day, and all but a really small handful of them that we've talked to over the last nine months have all said that they want to continue to be live or continue to have an online presence even while they go back to their live uh, experience, you know, even when COVID is long gone and they're doing everything that they want to be doing in person, they still want to have an online presence. And in addition to that, Barna came out with a, uh, a research project that Mike was just telling me about today that six in 10 congregants across America hope that their church will keep having an online presence. Well, what does that mean? That means they want to stay in their pajamas and watch church. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what that means. Roll over in bed. <clears throat> so what what we want to do is not give you answers on any of this stuff at all. We, we, I mean, we just, we're just going to be people that are going to ask you some questions. And your job today, uh, listening to this podcast, is to figure out what your answer is to some of these questions so that you can help determine what kind of online experience you're going to develop. And then we can start talking about what technology you might need That's right. to accomplish that. But it's ridiculous to have a technology decision when you don't have a philosophy decision first. Absolutely. You'll throw, you'll make a lot of bad choices. So here's the first question. Who's your audience? So Mike, why don't you just unpack that a little bit? Like, All what? right. So when you look at who's your audience, there's a couple of things. And that is that Uh, Is your first goal, the goal of my audience, is my congregation, which I want to keep connected while they don't feel comfortable meeting in person. Another of my audience is my audience is people who may be searching for a church home at their, a church our online presence during this time because they feel stressed out. They're feeling like they're at the end of their rope. They want to, they want to, they're looking for, they're looking for something or my audience is an intentional uh, 
unchurched, somebody who would not, who, who at best would consider walking through a church door on Christmas and Easter, but may, but, but may actually tune into an interesting and engaging conversation or message that they could connect with. Okay. So those are all three different distinct audiences. Yeah. And so here, Mike, I'm going to tell you this, and we'll, we'll bring this up on a couple of different questions. Oh, cool. But so many people I talk to, if you ask that question, you know what their answer is? I want to reach all of them. Oh, no. Is that possible? No. Why not? Because the, as somebody who studied communications, each one of those different audiences have expectations. Right. Your congregation, that first one, the expectation is what we call in computer terms YCWIG. What you see is what you get. Yeah. Okay? I want to feel like I'm standing at the, in the pew or standing there in the building with you, but I'm not comfortable being there in the building with you. Okay. My expectation is unedited, unfiltered. I'm going to have the whole song service. I'm going to have the full experience as if I was there. Right. That second audience we talked about, the one of I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at a stressor. I, I have one of these... I don't know what I'm going to go do now. That is a moment of critical need. The, what I am looking for in that moment is an answer to the critical need. Mm. I don't care what you do the rest of the time. That's not my interest. I'm not connected to your congregation. I need you to help me. Right. The third of I'm unchurched. I've had a lot of church hurt. I, the last thing I want to do is go hang around these Christians, but this is social, this is a social variation of religious social distancing. Right. Is I'm seeking, but if I do it in an online way, I have a way to disconnect without you hurting me. Right, okay. So if you look at those, they don't permit a... They don't, they, they, they just don't permit. I can hit all three of those with one message. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. That's a shame that it doesn't. <clears throat> there are, there may be a situation or two in the world, but you know, there's just not very many far from God people going online going, man, which is the best church to watch today? No, they're not They're They have a completely different set of things that they look for on TikTok that don't include uh, what preacher is the best preacher or what band is the best band. It's just a different audience. But, so, you, but you know, Austin, before we move on to the next question, you and I've had this conversation before, but we had it in a different way. Yeah. And that is that when a pastor who's always thought in a physical presence, they're perfectly comfortable with understanding that, you know what, my church isn't best for you. They're, or we may not connect, we may not gel. Right. But for some reason... All of them think that they can shoot with a shotgun and an online presence and suddenly fix all of those ills where in present, they're perfectly comfortable with realizing, look, you're, we're not your thing. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'll tell you, it's a question that most churches we've never grappled with <laughs> until now, but, but I think it's good because we're being forced to ask these questions. And so if you would, you know, if you're thinking about this first thing that we're talking about here and you're going, man, our audience is the congregation. And when it comes down to those technology decisions to make that's a simple 
It's not expensive. It's not hard. It's not, didn't take a lot of time or it didn't take a lot of expertise. That's a simple solution for you on a technology basis. Now, if you're, as you move along the path and all of a sudden you say, our goal, our mission is really to reach that far from God person, uh, that's going to take more effort. It's going to take more money. It's going to take more people. It's going to take expertise that you may or may not have at this time. And I think about it like, I don't know, when I was, uh, so, I don't know, Mike, remember we used to, remember we used to, um, you were a part of churches back then. We used to duplicate tapes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you listen to this, you're like, what do you mean a tape? So, you know, there's <laughs> there's cassette tapes, right? And so at the so the guy in the sound booth or the girl in the sound booth, there's almost always a guy, but I don't know why. What, that's a whole other conversation that we can certainly have. But the they would, when the service started, you hit record and play. Mm-hmm. And when it's over, you hit stop. And then you take that to a multi cassette tape, cassette tape duplicator, duplicator yep. and you hit the button and it like, zzz, and it records them super fast. You take those six out, you put the next six in, you take those six out and then you distribute those to the people who are at home yep. because the, you know, they're sick or you know, they're too old to get out or whatever. Right. Those were called the in-home ministries. Yeah. The homebound or yes, whatever. That's right. right. And, and, and that was so easy. Right. And the church, all they had to do was invest a couple hundred bucks in a duplicator and a few cents on a blank cassette That's tape. That's right. And, and a guy that knows how to hit record and play. And they had a ministry to their congregation at home to keep them connected to one another, like you were saying. Yeah. But when you raise the level and you say, you know what? Our mission is now, instead of our homebound mission of the people in our church, we also want to reach out to people in Russia. Right. That means your church has to take a mission trip to Russia mm-hmm. and, and, and in the same, you know, in the same uh, era of time. And, and you're paying for flights. Yep. And you're paying for translators, people with expertise, people on the field. Yeah. All of a sudden it gets way more complicated. Yeah. And way more expensive. And so if we think about this from a perspective of is our audience our congregation or is our audience a lost world? Um the answer to the technology is going to be way vastly different. Right. And not only technology, but the expertise. But, and the product, right. Well, you're saying the expertise, we'll say it another way, the production quality. If I'm looking at it from that point of view, then sorry, this newsflash, and it, it sounds horrible to say, is that people produ- expect produced work. I mean, you look at YouTube. Some of these people put the same amount of time in editing and putting together their programs that I used to put in to producing a weekly news magazine show when I was in college. Yeah, exactly. There was they're putting twenty hours or more, and and I mean you've you are you're experimenting with some of this right now, yeah. and. There's a very different thought process. You're you're actually you and I were talking about this. Yeah. You're actually thinking, and I told you that you're actually thinking in news magazine style. Yeah, you start with TV rather than starting with um, church. Right, and yeah. there are certain things that you've learned doesn't translate well. Right, there's very unlikely are people going to stand in their living room with their hands raised in the air and sing in worship. Yeah, I think we've that's all, a very congregational. We've all figured moment. that out. Nobody sings at home, right? Right, it's a very <laughs> congregational thing. But if I'm attached to my a congregation and that's the goal, 
then that's an expectation that should still remain. Yeah, indeed, for sure. Okay, let's think of another way to answer that question. Okay. Okay, and that is the question of what level is your church? Oh, this is going to hurt the <laughs> listener. This is a good one, Austin. Yeah. All right, so um, this is a concept that Mike and I have been talking about for, and it's not unique to us. Don't hear me say that. <clears throat> There's been a lot of people do a lot of writing and teaching on this, and that is what level is your church? Um, so a level one church is basically a church that um, everything that they do is going to be accessible to someone who doesn't know anything about church or the Bible or biblical language or Christianese or anything. So <clears throat> they're a church that, man, they're going to share the gospel a lot, like a lot, lot. And they're going to, um, and they're going to use language and they're going to use metaphor and they're going to use visuals and they're going to use art forms and they're going to use all kinds of things that they can do to make sure that, that their audience, which is typically, um, you know, first floor people who mm -hmm. don't really know much about the Bible or God to, to have a great accessible experience where they understand when they leave what just happened. Right. And then level two, you know, you kind of move up a little bit and you're a church that maybe focuses on, uh, you know, discipleship a little bit more. Um, you're focused on, uh, you know, helping, uh, you know, helping people who are uh, in transition and crisis. And you might be like picking up some people transitioning from level one churches who are maybe mm -hmm. just a little bit ready for a little bit more, you know right. what I mean? And uh, so they're, they're coming to your church and you, you've got this level of expertise of teaching and worship. And it's probably a little more engaged. It's like a lot more engaged in the crowd and those sorts of things. And um, you've got maybe some different classes and opportunities and groups for people to be involved in where it, it really has more of a flavor of, we want you to understand and know God better. And then there's like a third floor of church and these are not exact and there's a lot of bleed over. But the third floor church is basically like, if you don't know Jesus, you're not gonna really understand what we're doing here. Right, it's it's taking a good college professor yeah. or somebody, it's the, the, it's the class at seminary translated to a sermon. It, it's it's a level three, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not right. It's not wrong. It's level three. So like this, we don't have a uh, we don't have an opinion here. No, it's just a way for you. It's just a way for you to think through: Are we a level one church? Are we a level two church? Or are we a level three church? And here's the question I asked last time, Mike: Can we be a level one, two, and three church? Only if you are an absolute <laughs> mega church. Yeah. And, it, and I mean that, and I don't mean it jokingly. It's that if you think about those three levels, you have to have size and scale yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. A church like plant, a church planter can only be one of those uh, because you just don't have the tooling to take somebody through that process. Or the money. Or, or the, the money. Or the anything, tooling, anything that you all need. of it. Right. So only the biggest of mega churches can do it. And in this, just like in um, just like the last thing we said, the level one church, let me say it this way. Uh, if you're a level one church and you want to utilize or you want to stay in that lane or in that floor with your congregation as you as you navigate these online questions, it's just going to be more expensive and yeah. it's going to cost more and it's going to cost more people and you need more expertise. And you need experts and um, it. It's just the reality. It's a broader audience that you're trying to reach because the gate to hell is wider 
then the Christian, you know, there's just not many low-hanging fruit out there to have a church with just a bunch of Christians. So I did watch a pastor once try this. He said, I'm going to make my Sunday morning service level one, yeah. what we would have called level one. Yeah. I'm going to make the Wednesday service or level two. Yeah. Or, and I'll make the some sort uh, of class or something for level, level three. Right. That pastor didn't survive that three months. Is that right? Hmm. Because it's three completely different structures. Yeah. Now think about that. If you're a pastor who's having to prepare every single week, yeah. you're doing it three times. It's just not sustainable. Okay. Yeah. Once again, you need more staff. You need more money. Right. You need more people. Exactly. You need more expertise. You but know? I. But it doesn't stop people from trying <laughs> it periodically. Yeah. They just think that they have. I have everything I need to do everything. I, yeah. That's not true. Nobody is like that. No. So, um, I want to. I want to say one more thing about this before we ask one more question. Sure. And that is, you know, here's the thing for for you. If you're, you know, if you're a level two, level three, you're like, man, we're just not that. We're not that. It, that event, hyper evangelistic, you know, thought process. That's just not who we are. And we're more level two or more level three. Here's the thing. As far as your online presence, you're in a lot of competition. And I hate to use that word. And I'm not using it like you feel like a like you're in competition with, with another church or another speaker or communicator. But I'm saying that the people that are at home deciding which website to go to to watch church today, they consider it a competition. Oh, yeah. And you're probably not going to win. Oh, no. Because there are some really, really good communicators, really, really good teachers, really, really good churches that do production well, that are amazing at teaching, amazing at communicating in such a way that people get it and all this kind of stuff. And and I'll tell you, that lane of level two, level three, whatever, especially I would say level two, is just so big it's crowded and coming out of coming out of covid there's going to be so many thousands of churches doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. that you that more than likely your church and everybody else's church is going to get lost in the mix except for a few churches who invest crazy money mm-hmm. invest crazy uh, uh staff size mm-hmm. really staff towards <clears throat> having an online experience that is Super engaging, and I think catch lightning in a bottle all at the same time. All at the same time, and that's and that's very well said. The question that I, the sub question to that one, Austin, mm-hmm. is: ask yourself, what is it about my message, yeah. or about me, or about the church that would uh, separate us from the pack? Yeah, how are we different from right. everybody else? Like, that's for good. example, one chat church I work with is. They have found a unique lane for where, for the city, in at least in all where we live, mm-hmm. in that they are a minority church. They're an African American church. Well, there are not a lot of African American churches, level two, that will connect to the African American population. Right. In that, they are unique. So they are hitting that connection because of that uniqueness. Yeah, that makes sense. But that goes back to your lightning in a bottle comment too, to some degree. Well, they understand who they are and they know who they are and they're going to say that and they're right. going to invest in that. that. That's a really, that, and see, 
I think that goes back to question one. Who's it your does. audience? You know what yeah. I mean? Okay, so here's the last picture that we want to paint for you. And, and this one is like, uh, be thinking about this as I say it. What, what makes sense for you and your congregation? Or maybe make, what makes sense for your congregation? That's the first part of it. And the second one is, which one makes your heart beat faster? So here's the three, here's the three pictures. The first one is a congregation who has a, you know, a Sunday or a weekend service with music and teaching and all that stuff that a normal church has. They film that service. It streams live. You can watch it 24-7 after that because it's on, you know, YouTube and Facebook and whatever else, whatever platform you want. And, um, and their congregation is dialed into it. The people that can't come or don't want to come and they really like staying home, they're into it. And there's also small groups and things like that. And, and that's the streaming ministry of the church. There's a second uh, picture that I want to paint for you. And that is a, a church that has that normal weekend experience like I described, whatever that looks like for them. But in addition to that, they have an online pastor that's like focused on the crowd that doesn't come to church. So they hire, they've hired a leader for that role. Some of the things that they show online are straight off the stage. Maybe the sermon is or whatever, but maybe they also have a hybrid part where the greeter, that, that campus pastor is actually in a room or, or whatever, and he's talking straight to the people that are at home, and not to the people on the crowd. He's like talking to the people at home. And maybe he's got a, even a musician or two that do music that's more suited for online, you know, like smaller, one-on-one. You know, in a previous podcast, we talked about this. How do you lead worship? online. Maybe it's a, somebody that worship leaders doing that. And the teaching may be the same, or it may be a little bit different, but it's, but it's focused and built for uh, an audience in a home rather than an audience in a, in, a, in a room. So, and then the third picture I want to paint for you is a congregation that decides to sell the building or to, to cut the lease and to say, we are going to be a congregation that meets in homes, but that we join together in a faith experience that happens on a weekly basis. And we're built as an online presence, not as an in-person presence, but everything that we do and the decisions that we make, we make those decisions for the actual service itself. We make those decisions uh, in a way that we, because we're gonna be communicating to someone watching on a computer screen on a, on a YouTube site or on Facebook or on whatever platform that you have. Never with the idea that we're going to someday get back together. Now, we've made a decision that we're going to draw a line, and we're going to just communicate in a totally different way for a completely different audience and ultimately you know, build out communities all around the country and all around the world. So those are the three pictures I want you to think about. <clears throat> and like I asked you, which one of those which one of those three do you think your church probably needs to become? And I think if you can answer the first question, who's your audience? And I think if you can answer the second question, what level of church are you? Then I think you get to a better idea of what that third answer is for your congregation. But then for you too, I just want to ask you listening to this. If one of those, like you're saying your church, we're definitely that. Let's point a camera at the stage because we're reaching our, you know, we're making tapes for our shut-ins, Okay. That's awesome. But you may be saying, oh man, my heart's beating. That I want to be, I want to like, I want to 
I want to reach a broader audience. You know, that's you, you know, may not be your congregation. Like, think about that. Is there a way for you to move your church in a way that you're passionate? Or is there a way for you to reach that audience not in your church? Maybe another church that you partner with, or maybe a a nonprofit that you start or something that creates that audience um, that's built for online. So anyway, those are our questions for you today. And um, anything else, Mike, before we close no, up? I think you covered it well. Yeah. So who knows? We're not, uh, like I said, this podcast was not for us to tell you uh, to tell you what to do. It's just to get you thinking. What is it a year from now? All this is over and we're in, a, and we're in the new normal in 2022. What kind of online presence are you going to have and who's your audience? So think about that. And we'll have some further podcasts on the technology that drives all of those. So anyway, God bless you. Have an awesome week and we'll see you next Tuesday.